Well, hey, you guys, welcome back to the uh, Connection Point Worldview Podcast. And I'm here with uh, Dr. Zach Breitenbach and Pastor Trey Shigley. They head up our Worldview Department here at Connection Point Christian Church in Central Indiana. And this is a podcast designed to take you as parents or guardians deeper into places that your students have already gone. And uh, this is wrapping up a series that you guys have been doing with the middle schoolers on worldview and the truth. So you just wrapped up the final week. Um, Tell us uh, what you covered this week and how this week was the culmination of the series, Zach. So we finally got to the question of what is a Christian worldview? Awesome. It's kind (laughs) of important since we're the the worldview uh, team at Connection Point. Um, But the whole series has been kind of building up to it. Um, We started off talking about truth, how there, there is such a thing as truth that applies to everyone, even um, about God, and that not every worldview can be true. And we defined what a worldview was a couple weeks back, and now we were ready to finally say, okay, well, what is uh, a Christian worldview? Um, and so we were asking that question, what's a, what's a Christian worldview? What does it have to do with the greatest command? So we'll see that as we go. Um, and then how is this... Um, related to living for God consistently in all parts of, of our life. That was kind of the, the key questions for, for this uh, lesson. Awesome. Um, so to introduce the importance of having a Christian worldview, you discussed a concerning statistic. Uh, Trey, you want to talk about that for us? Yeah. Um, what we're talking about is so important because of this statistic, and it's something that really... Uh, drives what we do here. Why part of the reason, the a big part of the reason why we even have a worldview uh, team here at the church is this stat, and uh, it's what percentage of people who went to church as a teenager stop going to church in their twenties. Mm. And uh, we, you know, we could have people guess all sorts of numbers, but Barna did a study and researched this, did this really large. Um, uh, study and found out that roughly 67% of teens who were raised in the church, so they, they went to church on a somewhat consistent basis, uh, they stopped going to church in their 20s, between the, eight, the ages of 18 and 29. And uh, this is, if, you're, if you care about the church at all, the faith of teens, this is very concerning. And one of the things they pointed to as a major reason why this is happening is that uh, for teens, their faith is not a huge part of who they are. They haven't owned it. They mm. um, Maybe it's just something they can answer all the right questions to, but it, it's not become integrated into their life, how they view themselves, how they live. Uh, at the end of the day, they just didn't have a biblical worldview at the core of their identity. Hmm. So I, I don't want to get too off track with you guys, but with that statistic or that concern, is there any discussion like delineating between they walked away from the church versus like actually stopped professing in Jesus? Or do you find that like did they just go hand in hand necessarily? Yeah, many of them will uh, be spiritual, right? Like when they walk away, it's not like, well, they're all atheists, of course. Mm. Um, so many of them will still have a belief of some sort. Some of them might even say they're Christians, but they're just, they lose interest in uh, sort of the institutional church or go- going to church. Um, and their faith just isn't a part of who they are. 
Hmm. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and that's the fastest growing sort of segment uh, in our culture today in America, uh, religiously, is, is what they call the nuns. Those who would, when they're asked what's your religious affiliation, would say none. Got it. Um, and so a lot of uh, kids who are, who are brought up in the church are just kind of losing interest. They, they don't uh, feel a strong connection to their Christian faith anymore. Yeah. Well, that gets back to worldview in general. So, Zach, you want to continue on that? So before we get into a Christian worldview, remind us of the definition of worldview again yeah. that we discussed uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So a couple of weeks back, we... we uh, we did a podcast on what is a worldview, and basically it's just your view of the world, right? It's your view of reality. When we say the world, we don't just mean like the planet Earth. We mm-hmm. mean uh, reality and how you take reality to be. Um, and specifically, it's how we think and feel about the big questions of life. Um, and, and it guides the way you live. So another way you can look at it is is it's sort of a story. Every story has a beginning you know, there's some kind of uh, problem to resolve, then there's some kind of fix, and then there's a, a resolution to the story. Well, uh, the Christian story certainly has that, as do other worldviews. Uh, just, it's an understanding of, of uh, where did we come from? Where did uh, the world come from? What's the problem with the world? Is there a way to fix it? How are we going to end up? Um, the big picture story of life. Um, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of a worldview. That's awesome. So what, what did you say about how the Bible answers the big questions of life? What, what does the biblical worldview story look like? Yeah, so uh, the Christian worldview answers all of those big questions of life. And uh, we just kind of ran through them kind of quickly with students. Um, and some of the questions are, is there a God? And if so, what is God like? And uh, from a biblical perspective, there is one God uh, in three persons, the Trinity, and he's perfect in every way. And uh, that's kind of the answer to the, the, the God question there and all the attributes. We're actually doing a series with our high school students on the attributes of God, but all of these amazing attributes kind of make up uh, God. And so uh, another question is, where did everything come from? And for us, it's that God made everything from nothing. He didn't just take pre-existing matter and make the universe, but there was, there was only God, and then he decided to make everything. And so everything came from God uh, and, and with, with a, a, a purpose. And so that's kind of the next big question is, what is human and what is a human's purpose and identity? And uh, a human's identity is that they are made in God's image, but they've also chosen to sin and fall away, and yet they are loved by God still, even though we rebel against God. God still loves us. We are made in his image, but we are in rebellion against him. Um, uh, the, the big life question of morality, is there real morality? Mm-hmm. Is evil real? Um, or is it just people's opinions? And Christianity would say, yes, uh, there is real morality. There is good and evil, and God is the perfect moral standard. He is perfectly good, perfectly holy, and all good things flow out of who he is. And evil is simply rejecting God's commands and doing things that are contrary to his nature. Uh, An afterlife. Is there an afterlife? If so, what kind of afterlife, right? That's another big question of life. And the Bible says there is an afterlife. And we will be with God forever 
or we'll be separated from God forever and we will be paying for the punishment for our sins um, in hell. Or if we allow Jesus to pay for that and receive that gift, then we spend forever with God in the new heaven and new earth. Uh, another big question is, is there any reward or punishment for how we live? And the Bible is very clear. Yes, there is perfect justice. There is nothing um, sinful or evil that will go unpunished. And uh, good deeds will also be rewarded. And that you aren't saved by your good deeds, but they will be recognized and they will be rewarded. Um, and then uh, the last kind of big question we talked about is, what is history like? Is it linear? Is it meaningful? Is it meaningless? Is it going somewhere? Is it um, kind of repeating itself in a circle through reincarnation or things like that? And uh, Christianity would say history is meaningful. It is going for. It had a begin going somewhere. It had a beginning, and it's moving towards somewhere in particular. History is leading to the return of Jesus. It's not random. Got it. And, and we also talked about how, how that can be, uh, all, all those big questions that Trey just described can be kind of put into the form of, of a story. Like we said earlier, a worldview can be described as a story. So the Christian story, uh, where did it all come from? Well, God created it. So there's a creation. Uh, then, then what happened to the world? Well, there's, there was a fall into sin. Sin uh, came into the world with Adam and Eve and death, uh, spiritual and physical death came into the world as well at that time. Uh, how, how is it fixed? Well, we can't fix it, but Jesus can. And so he came into the world as God and died uh, for our sins. Um, and then how does it end up? What's the end of the story? Well, Jesus is coming back. Uh, the dead are going to be raised. And uh, those who have uh, allowed Jesus to take their sins and have put faith in him will will live in a perfect world with him and others will be separated. So there's this creation fall, uh, the salvation in Jesus, and then um, God coming to make things perfect, sort of a, a story that we can describe. And we talked about how this is a lot like the box top to a puzzle. This is an analogy that I really like. When you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, uh, there's always a box top that has the picture of, right, of right. what it's supposed to look like. And you've got, say, a thousand pieces that are all jumbled, and you got to make sense of this somehow. And so a worldview story, the, the way you think of these big questions of life about where we came from, the problem, where we're going, this functions like your box top. So when you're trying to make sense out of a piece, and we, we gave some examples like, for example, death. Uh, the, say the death of a loved one. How do you make sense of that? How do you look at that? How do you think about it? How do you feel about it? How do you respond to it? Well, if you're looking at this where your box top is the Christian story, then you're going to look at it differently uh, than someone who has a different worldview, right? For example, you're going to look at it and, it, and say, well, uh, say, say the loved one who died was a Christian. You'll say, well, I'm very sad that this person died, but I also believe that this isn't the end of them, right? That death really is just a transition to another life, a better life, and, and that my loved one's in a better place, that I'm a, as a Christian, I'm going to see that person again. There's a lot of hope in that. Uh, obviously, say, if you were an atheist, there'd be a very different perspective on how to make sense of death. It would just be, well, we're 
accidental byproducts of nature where animals we animals die and they're gone and that's it i'll never see that loved one again and so the way your worldview looks the box top is going to help you make sense of those pieces or for example moral decisions like cheating in school how are you going to think about this and whether this is something you should do um well what your box top looks like is is going to really affect that and we could go on and on with a lot of different examples of how your worldview story shapes the way uh, you look at at different uh, things in life. Well, so, so even though having a Christian worldview means that our beliefs about the big questions of life line up with the Bible, you emphasize that it's much more than our beliefs. So tell us about the different components that are involved in a Christian worldview. Right. Uh, what would be the worst thing is for people to believe, oh, I just have to know all the right things and then I'm, I'm good to go. Mm. And uh, those are the type of people that Jesus sometimes has the harshest words against, right? Um, people who knew all the right answers and, and yet it didn't, it just stopped there. And so a worldview is more than just being able to intellectually answer all the big questions of life. It's more than just your beliefs. Um, but we actually have a chart uh, designed by Dr. Rich Knott, but he uh, lays it out in kind of this uh, range of who you are. What are the things that make up who you are? And it's your mind, and that's what you think and believe and imagine, but it, it's also your attitude. It's your feelings, emotions, conscience. It's your will. You know, what are you uh, driving towards? It's your desires, your motives. Um, and then it's also your body, right? It's the things you do and the things you say. And uh, our Christian worldview is going to affect all of those things, your will, your attitude, your body, um, and also your mind. Hmm. So, so then how would you define a Christian worldview, Zach? Yeah, so to kind of build up to this, we, we talked about um, the, the greatest command that Jesus gave when he was asked, which, which of God's commands is, is the most important of all? And he said, well, there is a greatest command, and it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And this comes from uh, a, a couple places, but Mark 12, 29 to 31 is, is where you can find that. Um, and so the greatest command is to love God with all these components, right, that, that Trey was just talking about. It's not just your mind. That's very important. But it's also... Uh, those other components, and we connected those uh, those different components: the heart, uh, the mind, the soul, the strength, with with the components that Trey just talked about. So, a Christian worldview is really um, this: your your faith in God defines every part of who you are, mm. and and your whole self, your mind, your emotions, your will, your actions, your speech, all of these are directed toward a love of God, and um, you look at things through a biblical perspective, and you don't just look at it through a biblical perspective, but you you act in accordance with that, right? And you your desires are aligned with that. Your heart is aligned with that. Everything about you is, is aligned with that. Gosh, if you're listening to that, I'd go like press the rewind back uh, 30 seconds, 45 seconds and listen to that definition again, because that is that's a very, very important and powerful 
uh, definition for Christian worldview because it really does impact every aspect of our life. So a huge emphasis of your talk this weekend was that living out a Christian worldview requires consistency in the different aspects of who we are. Can you summarize your, your point on that? Yeah, going back to the people that seem to frustrate Jesus the most in the Bible, uh, they were the, the Pharisees, and he would call them hypocrites all the time. And um, being a hypocrite is uh, when the different aspects of yourself, you know, your, your mind, your feelings, your, your body, your actions, your speech, they aren't aligned with each other. And so our goals as Christians are to have integrity. And integrity is just simply uh, all the aspects of yourself are in agreement with each other. Your mind doesn't contradict your will. Your mind doesn't contradict your body. Your attitudes and your speech line up. All aspects of who you are don't contradict um, each other. And so it's, it's saying the things that you actually believe. It's doing the things you say you're going to do. It's believing. It's, it's acting. So everything is just working together. And when everything is aligned, that's called integrity. And when it's misaligned, that's called hypocrisy. And uh, sometimes in our lives, there's these gaps, right? There's these gaps between what we believe and what we do, or these, there's, there's these gaps between our Christian spiritual life, maybe our church life, and the rest of our life. You go to church on Sundays, you worship, you might read your Bible, but then the rest of the week or the rest of your life, you are living uh, just however you want, or you're living in a way that contradicts what you were saying on Sunday mornings. Um, and so a Christian worldview is saying there is no gap between the sacred part of your schedule and the secular part of your schedule. It, everything is integrated and your worldview influences everything you do, everywhere we go, um, everything you say. And it's taking every thought captive, every action captive and submitting it to the authority of Jesus and through the lens of your Christian worldview. That's that's so powerful. I'm I'm praying for more of that in my own journey, you know, yes, and it's comforting to, you know, read Paul's words like in Romans seven about the stuff that he wants to do, he doesn't do, and the stuff that he doesn't want to do, he keeps doing. And, you know, so I'm thankful that uh, God's grace carries us through that gap. <laughs> um, you ended your talk with an inspirational video about a man named uh, William Borden. As we close out the, the episode here, can you tell us about Borden's story and how it relates to a living a Christian worldview? Yeah, this is just a really cool story, and, and it, it really does a good job of kind of encapsulating what we were just trying to describe about having uh, integrity with your worldview, having consistency in in your beliefs and your, your attitudes and your actions. So uh, William Borden was born in, in 1887, and he was born into a very wealthy family. Uh, so his father had made a lot of money uh, mining silver, and they were just uh, millionaires. Um, and he was given a trip around the world as a high school student. I think he was 16 years old. And uh, so he just went all around the world. Jeez. And you would think, well, maybe he'd come back from this thinking, man, I just love having all this money and just uh, I want to take over my father's business and I want more money and I want a life of luxury and I just love traveling the world. Well, he actually came back deciding he wanted to be a Christian missionary. Mm. So he saw poverty. He saw people ha who didn't know about Jesus at all. And he's like, this needs to change. I need to live my life 100% committed to Jesus. If I say this is what I believe, 
I need to live it out, and I I can do nothing less than be all in and totally committed. Uh, and so he he went on and he got an education at Yale, and and just just had the finest education. Um, and he had all these opportunities where he could make money, but he said, "No, I I have a heart for Muslims who live in China, which is a very particular uh, uh, burden to have on your heart." Yeah. And and he decided, "I I need to learn." Arabic. And so he goes to Egypt to study Arabic so he can go on and be a missionary to Muslims in China. Um, and he uh, he contracted meningitis and ended up dying at the age of 25. Wow. Um, and in his Bible, um, which um, the, the story goes, his mom found his Bible and in, in it he had resi- written uh, no reserves, no retreat, no regrets. So he had written, um, I don't have any reservation about the calling God's given me. I, I'm not going to run away from it. And even as he was dying at a young age from the decisions he made, and a lot of people saying, hey, you wasted your life. You know, you had all this opportunity and money, and look, you died in in some backwoods place in Egypt <laughs> of, of this disease at a young age. You, What a waste. He's saying, I had no regrets. Um, and so I think that is what it means to have a Christian worldview. It means that you don't just say you believe it, um, but your whole self is is on board. Your whole self is aligned with um, what you say you believe and, and fully living for Jesus. Um, and I think that uh, the six-minute video we watched on it— um, really resonated with the students. I bet. I bet. Well, as we send uh, parents and guardians, whoever's listening off today to maybe have some discussion with uh, their student, their their child uh, about this, um, what's a good discussion starter for them to, uh, to have? Yeah. I mean, one good question that you could ask is, uh, uh, how do you think a person with a Christian worldview would think or feel about you know, different circumstances. And two of them we talked about in the talk were uh, the death of a loved one um, or the temptation to cheat in school. And just ask your student, say, you know, what do you think a person would do in those circumstances? If you lost a loved one, someone close to you, how would you being a Christian, having a Christian worldview, how would that change the way you think about that, the way you respond to it, the way you feel about it? Uh, how would that maybe be different than someone who doesn't have a Christian worldview? Say someone who maybe was an atheist, doesn't even believe in God. How would they respond to that situation differently? Um, what about the temptation to cheat? How would you respond to that as a Christian? How would it maybe be different if you didn't have Christian convictions? Um, and I think that can lead to some good uh, some good discussion about some practical applications of, of living out your uh, your Christian worldview. Awesome. Well, that wraps up uh, episode four in this series of four for our middle schoolers at Connection Point on Worldview and the Truth. If you missed any of the other episodes, you can always double back and uh, catch episodes one through three. If you've got questions about Connection Point, you can go to cp.church. That's a good place to start and uh, get some of your questions answered. Otherwise, we'll be back with another series right around the corner here. God bless you. We love you guys.